Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about possibilities out of the impossible. We're going to be talking about inventiveness, how to overcome things that would hinder you, and a whole bunch of things. And I want you, as we're talking about this, I want you to see if anything comes to mind or comes up for you that needs a little attention in this area. And so I want you to stick with me as we get to talking about mother necessity. I'll see you on the flip. All right, I have to be honest about how this idea came up. I am going back through all of the uh, Schoolhouse Rock videos that you can now find on YouTube from my childhood. And I remembered, I was actually looking for one about figure eight. I just think she's so lonesome on that that ice bank skating. But in my quest to find the one about the figure eight <laughs> and uh, bring back memories of just loving when that would come on, I came across one that I had forgotten about. And it was called Mother Necessity. And what it did was, is it showed kids how to, not how to, it showed kids little snapshots of inventions. Now, as an adult in today's world, I'm looking side-eyed at some of these inventions. I'm like, y'all couldn't have found anybody else's inventions? But anyway, that's for another day. Just suffice it to say that I was like, you know what? This is so much wisdom packed all through here that I have got to tell it and got to got to share it. And so the little song, because Schoolhouse Rock was really good. The people who put that together, they understood how to implant and embed in the young minds of the children watching. First, they used cartoon. So there was visual. And then they used jingle-like songs that drove home the concepts. And to this day, most people uh, who watched this growing up in the U.S. and other places that it was shown for ABC Schoolhouse Rock uh, would be able to, on, you know, on command, recite at least the jingle part of Schoolhouse Rock. And so I was watching it. And of course, it, you know, the chorus would come in, uh, Mother Necessity, where would we be? You know, without Mother Necessity, where would we be? And I was like, you are so right. And I looked um, for uh, some of the uh, people who, who sang on it because the voices were iconic. They, they did a lot of the different uh, ones. And I found a few, but what I found along the way was a lot of different people talking about how these videos help them 
to uh, make it through important times of their lives and not just as kids. And I was like, you are very right. And so today we are going to be talking about mother necessity, but we're also going to be talking about a few other things. So in context of mother necessity, it's, it's really talking about the ingenuity and the inventiveness of the human spirit when there is something that you want and need to do. And I liked how they set it up where they imagined that this character, Mother Necessity, was an actual mother to these different inventors and that they wanted to please her and that they wanted to ease her load. Because in each one of the vignettes, there was something that she was doing and toiling at that they were like, you know, have no fear, have no worries. We will Make sure that this becomes easy for you, whether it was the uh, sewing machine, the telephone, the radio or whatever. And I took that and I was like, wow, it seems like that's layering for uh, mother, our, our mother nature, Gaia. Mother wisdom and all of those uh, feminine energies that permeate our life uh, to to give us uh, fertile ideas to keep going and to keep growing. And so shout out to the mother wisdom out there because she is fueling this. Oh, yes, she is. That includes our wonderful, wonderful mother wisdom. So let's get into my notes because I got a lot to say and a little time to say it. So what I want to start off with is uh, understanding that the impossible is just the previous model of what is possible. There is this uh, famous story uh, around the four-minute mile, and it is told by, oh my gosh, I don't think there is a uh, business developments coach speaker who hasn't told this story about breaking the four-minute mile and what it did for people after. And the gist of the story is, is that it took a long time um, and until someone finally broke the four-minute mile. And there has been much conjecture that has uh, said that it was because we had uh, authorities and experts saying that it was impossible for the human body to move that fast or uh, it was belief systems or whatever it was. All I know is when the first man ran this under four minute mile and it was done in contemporary times where people were able to record what he did, they took the recordings And they played it back over and over again, watching his technique, mimicking, and then emulating what he did. And now a four-minute mile is almost what's required if you're going to win any of the national races we have here, whether they be, you know, Boston, New York, or, you know... um, any of the the famous ones that are in, in big cities around the, the nation. And you have some kids in high school who are on the verge of uh, running four-minute miles. And so it gets to be where you're like, was that really impossible? Or what was really at play? And so there's a saying that uh, I kind of grew up with and it sounds harsh, but it's not because it's it's said in a, a beneficial way, meaning that it was said, you know, to do what's right. So there's 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 no nefariousness to this. But the saying is this: Do what you must to have what you will. I'm gonna say it again: Do what you must to have what you will. And for me and the people in my family, at least, because I can't speak for other people. 
we were taught that expect life to be harsh, expect it to uh, be unruly, unpredictable, uh, and adversarial at times. But also expect it to obey the rules of you doing what you must to have what you will. And so many times I've talked about the locus of uh, control uh, and that theory that you can either have an inward pointing locus of control or an outward one. And that in today's world, we kind of want to have a hybrid that we can flip back and forth as needed. And so real quick, if you have an internal focus of locus of control, it means that you are a bootstraps uh, I choose my own, I make my own destiny kind of person. You go out, you grab the horns by uh, the, the uh, bull by the horns and you make it happen. And thus it, it goes in line with how I was brought up. Do what you must to have what you will. Or you can have an external focus, which means that you believe that life is of the fates. If it's prophesied, it will happen. In in my growing up, they, they wrote songs and um, little um, church hymns. And I, I remember one that's fairly contemporary, but it was sung when I was younger uh, as a, a teen and, and young adult. And it was a simple little song that I used to ponder about. And it because it, it kind of, I'm, I'm an <laughs> no shade, no tea, y'all. I used to be like, really? Really? I have to leave it all up to him? So the song was simply, what God has for me, it is for me. I know without a doubt that he will work it out. What God has for me, it is for me. Now, I didn't have a problem with it because people love that song. But I remember having this little bitty paper plaque that uh, I had since I was a kid. And it said, Work if it's if if work as if it's all up to you, and pray as if it's all up to God. And I was like, now that I can get a little bit better with, only to find out that because of my nature and my tendency to be a questioner, to want to prove things and check stuff out, and 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 be adventurous, and my high curiosity quotient. I, in hindsight, can see where that was quite stifling to uh, the way I'm wired. <laughs> and it wasn't until I started getting out, talking and, and interacting with other people that I was like, I am not a weirdo. And there are a lot of people like me out here and woohoo. And so because of that, I have been blessed to be able to do a lot of things that scare a lot of people. Like currently, I've got something going on personally, and uh, friends and family who know me, uh, most of them have been really good not to uh, come to me with their fears. But there have been a few who have, and I have not been mean, uh, but I have politely corrected them where, when it comes to me. And I say this because when we talk about mother necessity, you have to understand the original statement of mother necessity actually means that necessity is the mother of invention. And so when you are looking at inventing something, there is not a template that has come before it. Well, in and uh, let me let me um, amend that because it used to be when you invented something that it was of its first. Nowadays, when they what they call inventions is just iterations where you make a little screw to put in something that already exists so it can behave better or more efficiently or whatever. 
You know, it's kind of like when we talked yesterday about the command keys of life, how they're set to modify and um, elevate something. So, but I want to go to the purest understanding of necessity being the mother of invention. And I say that because I was young and I managed to get my hands on a book that opened up a, a world to me that gave me permission to be me and not try to squelch my life and my vigor and my my fire for life uh, by trying to conform to what other people you know, we're trying to do. And that book was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then it was followed up by um, the Four Quadrants. Um, uh, and both of these are by Robert Kiyosaki. And I know the second one, that's not the correct name, but I think it's popular enough for you to know four, uh, the Four Quadrant Cash Flow or something like that is what it is. Well, anyway, what the, what the, the important part is, is that when he was telling his story in especially the second book, when uh, Robert Kiyosaki and his wife, Kim, were determined to make it without a job, everyone they knew kept saying, get a job, get a job, quit playing around, quit doing this, get a job. This is hard on you. This is hard on us. And he was like, and we're not even asking him for help. And it was... um. It was something in that at the time I was working and I was miserable, but that was what you did. And seeing that template helped me. And I want to say that at this time, Robert Kiyosaki's books were my four minute mile. It was when I read those that I finally realized it was doable and that I could achieve and I could make it happen. But the thing that I really liked about this was that in it, he also had the notion that you are going to work harder than you probably ever worked before. It's going to be hard before it gets easy. And there is no guarantee that it will ever stay easy. And I liked that. And the reason why I like that is because with this whole mother necessity, one of the the components, one of the tenets that you're going to face if there's something that you need to do, something that you've never done before, something that might seem impossible right now, there is going to be a pressure like you've never experienced before that possibly will feel like it is unbearable. And this pressure is going to come for the need for you to perform and produce successfully with little wiggle room for failure. And that part right there was the part that I kept getting wrong. Because I, to this day, and I read that book when it first came out years and years and years ago uh, for uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then the second one. It was at that point when he talked about this pressure and he talked about how you're going to have to endure, but it is part of your training and your proving ground. That's when I finally started being aware that I'm not doing it wrong. I just need to keep doing it. Now, mind you, I already knew about the supposed thousand tries of Edison uh, of, of Edison uh, Bell um, to make the flashlight. But that was just some type of old story. But having someone who at the time was, you know, um, a mentor type in the contemporary realm, giving actual testimony of what he and his wife went through, it stuck for me. And so I want to say to you, this is our first wisdom smack. And then we're going to talk about on the second half, uh, some of the other things that 
I've, I've talked about in the past, but I want to bring back uh, as a refresher and an addendum. And so this, this, this first wisdom smack is that we all need to realize that when we are faced with the impossible, the impossible is begging, begging to be retired. It is begging to be retired, but it will not go down swing uh, without swinging. It will not go down without a fight to the very death. And that fight will include that pressure to perform, that pressure to produce, that little wiggle room for no failure. And this is another thing that when you start really getting into this realm, now listen to me, lovelies. Listen to me, beloved. Listen, Linda. Understand this, that as you are going through your life, as you are confronting, uh, whether it be the need to produce something or whether it be a desire to invent and to make the impossible possible, or maybe you are forced, your back is against the wall. And if you don't do something, everything goes wrong. I want you to understand this, that you have to become aware of obsolescence. And I've talked about obsolescence in the past, uh, product obsolescence, where manufacturers will purposefully uh, shorten the lifespan of a product by using inferior goods so that you have to come back and uh, pay them again and again. And that whole saying, they don't make them like they used to, is very true. But when we talk about this uh being aware of obsolescence, it means in this context that if you start doing something and you get success from it while you're trying to invoke mother necessity and you're trying to move from the impossible to the possible, understand that the tools, the ideas, the tactics, and even the strategies that you use quickly become obsolete because if they, if it was easy to do Everyone would do it. And that means that you have to be constantly willing to move like a wave, always willing to try something new to get to what you need to get to. That's where that perseverance of not giving up, but willing to change tactics, willing to understand that these battles um, require different tools for you to win that war. And it took a long time for me to finally realize that because I thought I must be doing it wrong because I was still trying to always use the same way and approach things, you know, with the same tools, the same thought processes as I did before. And when they wouldn't budge or they wouldn't work like they had in the past, I would retreat thinking, oh, this isn't for me. You know, I I can't overcome this only to realize that that was not the problem. The problem was that mother necessity always requires ingenious inventiveness and newness. And so taking that and understanding that this is the next uh, wisdom smack of what mother necessity requires to bless you, to, to be with you, to help you persevere, overcome, and create something that's never been created, to to uh, help you retire impossibility. And that is, you need to find what is your big domino. Now, I actually have a podcast that I did, I think it's back in July, called Big Dominoes. And when we talk about dominoes in this context, we're talking about what is that one idea, belief, obstacle person, or rule situation, job, or skill, or requirement, or certification, you know, etc. 
that if you knocked that over or if you removed it, everything else would fall in place? That's what a big domino is. What's that one thing that once it tips over, it's smooth sailing. And I'm going to just cut to the chase and tell you that our big dominoes are usually found in our beliefs and then the the narratives or the stories we tell ourselves in our heads. And I almost don't want to say we tell ourselves because sometimes you got faulty programming that's just running amok telling you craziness called your internal critic. Have you ever had a situation where you're, you're you, you pay attention to your thoughts and catch your thoughts, you know, trying to shank you, you know, like you can't do this. Like, wait a minute, who are you? <laughs> you know, and you, you need to evict your thoughts. Yeah, I'm talking about that kind of, we used to call it stinking thinking. Yeah. So that's where your big dominoes usually live. And what you will do is you will first Uh, and foremost, give yourself a break and understand that you're not crazy. Most people go through this same process, but you will need to look at what's going on inside as well as outside when it comes to the obstacles and the boogeymen and all of these things that you have to overcome and face to be able to pull off this big invention that mother necessity it might be calling you to do or is waiting to help you pull off. And so another shortcut to that. So understanding that there are going to be beliefs and stories and obstacles and all of these things real and imagined that will hinder you. And so I'm going to say this, that when you are trying to get from impossible to possible, these are some shortcuts. It's not exhaustive at any means because we only have so much time to talk here. But y'all, this is mother wisdom coming through. So please pay attention and do her justice. Respect her and understand that when she speaks, you need to listen. And so with the big domino that's standing in your way, usually found in your beliefs and your stories, your narratives and all this stuff of all these obstacles. Wisdom says, always try to look at the area where you get confused or your thoughts get jumbled up or you find yourself making it too complicated when it's an easy process for someone else or it would be an easy process for you if it wasn't about you. That right there is where you need to start. So for instance, if you know that you want to um, run a marathon and your mind says, it's so hard, I have heart problems and I'm overweight and I don't have the time or whatever. All of that stuff is uh, symptoms. And the big domino, that one thing that you need to tip over is usually going to lie in that area that if you really think about it, what's that area that gets me confused, that gets me, gets murky for me when I'm trying to figure out how to get started or how to keep going? That's going to be the area. And uh, for some people, like for instance, this is made up, but um, if you're going to say, I'm going to run a marathon. For some people, it might be that you get confused when it comes to the best way to start out. And so in that confusion, that confusion is going to show you that you're trying to make it perfect before you do it. You're, you're dealing with some perfection. You're dealing with trying to control too much. 
And I just want you to really understand that this is part of human nature. And it is because we're always trying to problem solve. We're always trying to get to that point where we get success. So it's just your mind and your body trying to help you. But what you can do is you can back it back down and understand that this is the next thing. So you've got confusion. And then after that, I'm going to tell you nine times, eight times out of 10, I'm going to give us some slack. Eight times out of 10, once you can, once you confine that area of confusion or the excuse making that you make that gets you all turned around and tied up so that you don't get anything done, eight times out of 10, um, one of the biggest answers is going to be to endure. Just do it. Goddess Nike told us, just do it. (laughs) And so with endurance, uh, it really isn't that you need to be fast or, or even strong. You only have to endure until the end. And so that brings us to the next part. So we've talked about confusion, endurance, and, and then we need to outlast. So endurance is the perseverance while you're going through something to outlast means that it has you have a specific goal in mind to be successful to win or to complete the race the goal uh the project or whatever it is you're trying to do so don't get it confused endurance and outlasting are are not the same they live in the same wheelhouse we'll call them cousins in the same tribe but they're kind of different and so once you Get to the point where you're able to identify that fuzzy area, that you know confused area that gets you tangled up, and then you just realize that if if nothing else, just endure, <laughs> you know, get started and, and and endure, and then you start building up your ability to outlast. You're going to be amazed because. Now, this is the part that I was not expecting. And my family now, they don't really, they don't really even trip when I tell them, oh, I'm going to do this or that. They'd be like, whatever, because they've seen it so many times in my life. And it's a, it's a testimony to me that they have faith in me, that I pull it out, I, I make it work. And this is what I've learned. And so please listen to this as well. If you have to rewind this, if you have to slow me down, uh, offer your 2X, do whatever you can to listen to this part. And that is this, that when you outlast, outlasting is not about will. I know I said, you know, you your will, but it's not. It's not about focus. It's not even about concentration. And it's for darn sure not about stamina because you're going to stumble. You're going to even fall, but you get back up. That's where the endurance part comes. You keep coming back. You keep resurfacing. No, outlasting is about focusing on or locking in. That's what I want to say. Locking in the vision, the purpose, the belief, and having that certainty. Outlasting is that lasso that you can attach to your knowing that you know without a doubt or without a waiver that you're going to succeed. And that you don't even have to know how you're going to succeed. You just know you are. And that takes me back to the whole idea of the domino falling. And it takes a little bit of faith because we always want to have a clear path before we take the first step. And that's why you want to start with, where's my point of confusion? Because that normally is going to be the point where I'm trying to figure out how it's going to happen. And if I can't see that, I don't get started. And so that's why we're like, just endure. Do what you can, but 
Don't give up, endure. And then outlast, outlast resistance when it comes. Outlast the uh, doubt that comes. Because I'm going to tell you, resistance and doubt are very shrewd. And like I said before, you will find that family and friends offer the most sane sounding reasons for why you should give up and quit. You know, they'll even present you with opposing offers like, well, I'll just do this or that, you know, or you can just do this or that. Or have you ever had a family member, quote unquote, do you a favor and get somebody else involved and say, oh, well, they're going to let you do this and that. And what happens is, is usually that offer looks great at first, but it doesn't have any lasting power. And it's only a temporary fix uh, to get your eyes off of the prize because it will never be able to compete with the longevity of what you're fighting for. And so when mother necessity is in your life and you realize that you've got to do this and you've got to do what you must so that you can have what you will, you've got to realize that the impossible has reached its expiration date. It is ready to be retired, but not without a fight. And it is ready for you to show it its upgrade, its update, which is possible. And understand that you're going to have pressure to perform and produce with a, with a narrow, narrow, if that, range of failure. Oh yeah, the, the, the stakes are going to be high. And because of that, you have to beware of obsolescence. Don't keep trying to use the same tactics, the same hammer, the same people, the same thoughts to do it. You're going to go through and have to come up with new ways of doing things that you've never done before, which means that you're going to have to stop, step out of your comfort zone. Oh, yes. And you're going to have to find that one big domino that if it falls, it becomes smooth sailing. You know that domino. You know, it's that idea, belief, obstacle, some people, maybe a job, a skill, a degree or some kind of certification that they tell you you need. But if you knock that over or in some cases remove it and find a new way, everything else starts to fall in place. And to do this, what you're going to need to do is remember we talked about those three things, confusion, endurance, and outlast. You're going to first identify that area or areas where you've got confusion. That's usually going to be somewhere where your mind is trying to figure out how it's going to work before you do it and it can't figure it out. So it's got you stymied and you don't move forward. But then if you can't figure out how to get around that, simply move to step two, which is endure. Endure no matter what. Even if you fall down, get back up. Endure. And then you need to make sure that you have a mind and a will and a heart to outlast. Because outlasting is based on your knowing. It's based on your vision, your purpose, your new belief, and your new certainty that things will work out. And don't forget to be on the lookout for those people who are trying to help you, but they're actually hindering you because they're so scared that this isn't going to work out for you. It's too painful for them to watch you as you're, as you're forging through uh, to work with mother necessity. So guess what, y'all? Mm-hmm. My time is up, but I do thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spivey, your practical priestess of wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Mwah. Don't forget to check the show notes. And guess what? I'm going to see you tomorrow. Bye.
And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.